Welcome to the Better You Podcast, a show about maintaining healthy habits, living well, and the people who do both in their personal and professional lives. Hey everyone, Sean here. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Kip McCoy. Kip is an innovation leader at OSF Healthcare who supports mission partners to improve their health. We're gonna dive deeper on ways that the health ecosystem and healthcare in general impacts all of our behavior and share a few key tips on how you can stay moving and improving today. Let's jump in. Kip, thanks so much for joining us today on the Better You Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Sean. I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to our combo today. Uh, before we dive in too deep on wellness and, and your work, what's new in, in the day-to-day for you? Well, Sean, I, I know we go back a bit and big baseball fan. And uh, so I've been following some of the early off-season maneuvers of my St. Louis Cardinals who are trying to improve upon a, uh, a season to be forgotten, unfortunately. So I guess new for me is uh, uh, some starting pitchers that are uh, now with the roster of the St. Louis Cardinals as they've, I think, announced Sonny Gray joining uh, the team yesterday. You know, it's funny. I'm such a fair weather fan for most sports that I don't even pay attention to any of the pickups or the, the things that happen in the offseason. And then the season starts and you don't recognize a third of the players on the team. So do you think they've got better prospects given uh, given some of these pickups here? Well, I hope so. It's it's a little disappointing that the uh, the team is not getting any younger. Uh, they're signing veteran pitchers, which I guess is uh, is okay, but uh, they definitely need some significant upgrades uh, to improve upon a, a, a pretty dismal year by Cardinal standards last year. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about health and mental health is a big part of it. And I think anytime your team is not performing, there's there's a level of stress and anxiety there that doesn't always get talked about. I also enjoy going to the games and I, I want to go see a, a product worth seeing. So that also, <laughs> <laughs> that helps as well. A win would be nice. Is it too much to ask for? Yeah, yeah, oh, for man. sure. Well, speaking about, you know, the ideas of, of health and we're talking about stress and anxiety a minute ago, how does your road to health, wellness, healthcare, how did it start and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, a lot of it is, I guess, mission focused for me, which I guess has to do with, with, with health and wellness. Uh, my first role was in local economic uh, nonprofit or nonprofit economic development here in Peoria. And so really got me passionate about the community, looking at what we can do to collectively succeed. I got really engaged with some local startups that are here. And that's just something that's excited me, something I've been really passionate about. So I uh, Finding your passion and finding where you can fit also helps you to be able to uh, to thrive from a, a, a personal perspective as well. Um, I ended up at OSF after that economic development organization went through some changes and uh, uh, ended up uh, eventually here via some uh, connections and friends that I had and an opportunity that, that presented itself. I got really excited because my one of my first roles uh, when I came to OSF uh, we were uh, taking, I'll say taking over, a hospital had closed in one of our markets and uh, OSF, it, it transferred to us in a, a smaller town called Streeter, Illinois. And it was really exciting because what we wanted to do is turn that from a, a hospital, which had inpatient beds, uh, surgery, et cetera, uh, into a health and wellness hub for the community. So got to spend a lot of time connecting with 
those involved in that area. So all the way from people running the Kroger grocery store uh, who were uh, involved with uh, some of the larger employers and what they could do to improve the health and wellness of their employees, uh, collaborating closely with the Y, the YMCA, and some of the programs that they had there. And we were able to bring in somebody who was essentially running, we called it uh, Live Well Streeter, and they were setting targets and goals for themselves, for the community. And what we were able to do is then use what was the hospital facility where we could bring in kind of one-stop shop for people in town so that they could go to one location for different types of health and wellness. So the behavioral health clinic was able to move into some of the closed space that was there. The public health authority was able to, to move some of their space there as well to help uh, individuals who were in that community because that wasn't the community where the main office was uh, that was there. So I spent a lot of time researching and looking what other organizations are uh, were doing, what other communities were doing. Uh, from that nature. And then I kind of transitioned from that into uh, working with our innovation team as we were looking at some of these uh, new models and some of the work that I had done with with startups and entrepreneurs kind of lended itself uh, pretty well into uh, new inventions and ideas that our employees were submitting. And, and that would be uh, in line with a, a new intellectual property policy that we launched at OSF and, and being able to help uh, our people here take their ideas and try to make them into reality. I, I want to unpack so many layers in that, Kip. First, this wellness hub. You know, it's interesting going from a hospital, which is, you know, very, we're treating things, at, something's already gone wrong. If you go to the hospital, right. you're sick, you have something to be treated. Versus for me, a wellness hub, especially with what you described, the partnership with Kroger, that, that's a food, that's nutrition. That's the top of the, the funnel here on, on the, the health funnel of things we could be doing behavioral health. How did you arrive? How did y'all arrive at that idea of, okay, instead of just re reopening the hospital, let's get something that maybe is more preventative and measure the impact around that? It was really around the, the leadership that was there and wanting to do something that was different and more sustainable. The trends in rural healthcare aren't positive necessarily. You've got a lot of communities where it's uh, a declining population, an aging population, and Trying to get people more involved or engaged in their health has been a, a bit of a challenge. And we thought if we allowed us a chance to do a little bit of experimentation, because we knew we were going to do this, uh, to do this transition. Uh, and, and so really was thinking about, we have a lot of rural hospitals uh, within our network. We cover a, a lot of the state of Illinois. And can we do something that could be uh, repeatable or replicable at our other in other rural markets? That if we could see this work here, that if there were times when, um, because of economics, other hospitals might have to close and we would have to shift into a different model for that rural setting, what might that look like? It is challenging because of the way that healthcare is funded and, and mm -hmm. what the revenue streams and cycles look like from a traditional fee-for-service uh, standpoint, that you do need a lot of other community partners who come to the table, who, who are bought in and want to see it succeed. And then you mentioned a little bit on the work you're doing today, currently on the innovation side. I guess with that in mind, what are some of the changes you're seeing in the way health or wellness is getting delivered to the people who need it today? Well, certainly it's, it's becoming more, of a, more digital, that, that's for sure. Um, and I think it's uh, a lot more, I mean, there's so many options that are out there for ways for individuals to engage and be a part of their own health. 
um, that I, I think what's what's changing is there's uh, models and opportunities out there for uh, almost anybody, no matter where you're at or what stage you're in. So what we've seen are uh, well-funded, large companies that are uh, on every corner. So you've got uh, Walgreens and CVS that are launching their own uh, wellness initiatives. Uh, Amazon with their purchase of One Medical now is a if you're an Amazon Prime customer for a little bit more money, uh, you can have on-demand physicians or services uh, as you might want them. So I think what we're seeing is certainly more competition, but thinking about uh, healthcare in a way that's easily accessible no matter where you're at. I mean, when you change access, you raise the standard of care for, for everybody across the board versus kind of picking and choosing certain groups sometimes get above average benefit, I should say. In, in yeah. that side. So increasing access across the board, very important. In terms of mental health access or mental health changes, what are some of those pieces? Obviously, it's been a hot topic over the past few years. For us, we're really looking at more digital options on that front as well and ways that we can have lower acuity uh, patients that, that need not quite all of the uh, maybe in, I won't say inpatient, inpatient services, but to be able to talk to a clinician, if there's ways that we can prioritize uh, or, or do some of that triage or help people um, work through uh, some things that on a digital standpoint, that's been huge for us. Um, so we've used a company called Silver Cloud for that, uh, where that that's a, that's a digital solution that uh, enables you to do some of that as a, as a behavioral health or a patient on your own. Uh, it's largely because in healthcare in general, there's a, a, a shortage of clinicians, uh, and certainly on that. And I would say even as a, an employer, almost twenty five thousand employees, uh, we're looking at ways that we can augment and help and work with our uh, own employees on the on that behavioral health. Um, standpoint as well. I would say uh, what the thing the things that are changing is it's becoming less of a a stigma, I think, and more of an expectation that it's all about total health care. And so if I've got heart disease or an issue there, I'm going to go see a specialist who helps me in that way. If I've got issues that are uh, related to behavioral health, then I need to also take care of those as well and find the right providers from that. Uh, from that standpoint. So there's certainly a, a lot more digital options that are out there. And for us, it's it's really been a, a matter of trying to find the right opportunities for the, the right patient populations. And so far, we've been talking really about, you know, the, the groups that, that y'all at OSF are, are serving. What about personally? This is something I, I'm, I'm curious about, right? You work in the health system, you've seen the benefits of better health. What are some of the things that you maybe you're, you're taking with you and saying, I'm going to apply this to my life? I would just be curious if, if several of those areas have, have come up. I'll say some <laughs> have come up. I've been, uh, for, for me, uh, for a longer period of time, have really been uh, more focused on fitness and, and nutrition. Um, I, I have work to do on some of the behavioral health, and I, I try to do a little bit more disconnecting where I'm not on my phone as much. Uh, sure. Unfortunately, I have a, I do a little bit on my, more on my laptop uh, mm-hmm. in the evenings than, than maybe what I, uh, uh, what I should. But from the health and wellness uh, perspective, I, for the better part of my life, 
uh, up until about, I don't know, 10, 10 or 12 years ago, uh, 10 years ago, I guess, typically rode the weight roller coaster for a long time. Um, uh, and so really made some fundamental changes in, in my life over the last uh, 10 plus years. And for me, it's been trying to stay regimented on that front where getting up a little earlier in the morning to make sure I can get in at least a 30-minute workout of some kind, whether it's uh, going for a walk. I live out in the country, so it's nice just to kind of be out and enjoy the peace and quiet of not having a lot a lot going on. Um, and then from a nutrition standpoint, I try to do better and not eat so many processed foods and, and, uh, uh, not, not always, uh, not always the case. I have dabbled in intermittent fasting, uh, over the years as well. Um, so I've always tried to look at and, 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 and find new opportunities that, that will work for me. And it's, I guess it's a little weird that I'm in innovation, but yet love consistency. So <laughs> I've, uh, uh, really been, I think, as consistent as I can in getting in a, about pretty much every day, uh, 30 minutes of some kind of uh, purposeful active time. You know, I'm a big walker as well. Going out for walks in the neighborhood is harder for me this time of year. I'm imagining it's harder for you. You know, in Minnesota, Illinois, it's not that different temperature-wise. It's it's cold outside. Does that change for you at all, kind of as the as the seasons change, how do you keep up with keeping that activity going when it's maybe less appealing to to go outside, like you mentioned? I'm okay with bundling up, and and I, I come from a at least a a line of a um, an avid exerciser. So my mom, who years ago I was in junior high at the time, and so I'm a lot older than junior high now. My mom, uh, for the longest time, walked four to five miles a day. And she would literally put on snow pants, boots, a coat, and look a little bit like uh, Randy from A Christmas Story, uh, <laughs> but was out walking every day, no matter the temperature, just for her own her own health. And so those are like that's a vivid thing in my mind to know that that she had done that. And so I, I I'll do the same. I'll do a little bit of bundling up. But I've also made sure to figure out how to make it work in my life. So over the years, I've just accumulated enough resistance training things um, in my basement with select weight dumbbells or jump rope, uh, bands, st- uh, little steppers, all those sorts of things. And then I like to just be told what to do uh, a lot of times and not have to think about it a lot. So I, I, I do use an application that programs... I say, this is how long I have to go. This is the types of things I want to do and makes it happen for me. You know, one of the things that I've always found interesting is when we're trying to do something, sometimes it feels really hard. And there's a lot of reasons something can feel hard. It might take a long time. It might cost a lot of money. Mental effort is one of those that doesn't get talked about very much. But if you have to think about what the routine is going to be, that effort is taking you away and making it harder to actually do the routine. So I really like that, having a, a playbook of sorts of here's how much time I have, here's some of the things I'd like to do, let's go do it. And then the other side, you know, by, by bundling up or having kind of that access to being a little warmer, I do think there's something really nice about being able to go walk outside. If you're in a, an urban environment or a suburban environment or a rural environment, either you're going to see and experience nature, which it sounds like maybe is more your, 
your uh, what you're able to do, which is awesome. Or you bump into people if you're in more of an urban environment, and then you've got that sense of community, that social wellness. I've had a ton of conversations with people, random people in my neighborhood, just because I go on walks. And now with a four-month-old, I go on a lot of walks in the stroller, even when it's three degrees outside. We'll be out there. We'll be doing it. We're bundled up. We're ready. You know, it's funny though, you mentioned this idea of stability versus your innovation role. Where do you think that comes from, right? Because what you do at work is you're always looking for the future of things and you're trying new things. And then with your workout routine, it's very, it's very consistent. Was it always kind of that way or is it something you kind of developed over time? How often are you trying new things, new ideas uh, when it comes to your own personal health? On occasion, trying some new things. Um, it, it's a really interesting question that I've really just been the recently where I've kind of thought about that on my own. It's like, hey, we got to do things that are new and, and, and they're innovative. But I guess it, at the end of the day, that whatever you're doing, it's solving a problem. So um, I guess for me, my, my problem has been, how do I uh, stay consistently healthy or at a, at a weight that I feel comfortable with? So I guess I feel like I've solved that problem and, and maybe don't That's need awesome. to do a whole lot more as far as that goes. But I'm always trying to learn new things and, and do more. I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts to try to make myself personally better. And so it's, it's those little, like, little things or nudges that I can do in my personal life where it is being more conscientious about not having screen time or phone time. My son plays uh, basketball in junior high, so it's making sure I'm totally present for uh, the games uh, when I'm there and being able to... Uh, um, uh, to enjoy them. And, and I think on the other side with, on the innovation, we're trying to do a little bit more on the, how are we solving this problem? And not just that it's the next shiny object syndrome, but when we're really understanding that there's a customer need, that there's a solid value proposition, then hopefully that helps give some of the impetus to, uh, to change because what we found in, in uh, getting exposed to new companies or spending a lot of time with other departments and, and service areas within OSF, it's really trying to meet their needs and in turn our, our patient needs. So oftentimes being creative about how we frame that. You know, shifting gears a little bit, I'd love to talk on the social wellness side. So whether it's, you know, being at the game with the other parents, or I know we, we caught up on you doing some teaching as an adjunct. Would love to find other experiences where you're you're you know seeing that sense of community, and and how does that translate for you just from your own health and well being? Are there moments that you remember where you say, "Wow, you know this is one of the areas that I really enjoy and and kind of take away from teaching," for example, or a nice added perk of going to all the games as you meet, get to meet some of the parents and and make those meaningful connections? We just love to learn more there. Even though we can certainly work work remote, for me, I, I do enjoy being in person, and for me, I'm I'm all about bumping into people in hallways and asking questions and there's new faces to be able to learn from. And so I kind of thrive on that, on that connection on the social side. So maybe I'm less productive when I'm in the office because I'm spending time talking to people and, <laughs> and, and catching up with them and, and uh, kind of doing that. So that gives me energy. And so I also enjoy, I'm try to stay pretty well connected to the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in Peoria. Um, OSF sponsors uh, G-Beta here, an accelerator program. And so I, I enjoy going to those events when I can to be able to bump into and talk to and learn, be inspired by what 
other people are doing, the risks they're taking, the things that they're that they're trying to do. I also uh, re- a religious person, uh, so I I do I teach class at our small church, but I, I uh, routinely am teaching classes there. And and um, as we've gone through the pandemic, uh, as a group there, we've tried to focus on what are ways that we can be spending more time together because it's really that coming together part that's that is critical in building that uh building that community so i don't know we're having like 30 people over at our house uh tomorrow night uh to to get together and and be able to connect with one another although sometimes it's a little harder when you've got that amount of people to try to <laughs> to try to connect with as opposed to maybe uh a uh, fewer people for longer longer periods of time but yeah we um spend it we're, we're forced to be close to family so we spend a ton of time with uh, with family. Yeah. It sounds almost like Thanksgiving part two, where you've got that many people coming (laughs) over a lot of prep work, but, but very worth it, right? You get to meet those people and get the connections that community sense is hard to replicate virtually. For sure. And I, and I do feel like every time you're learning a little bit more and I'm terrible with names, but I try to do my best to kind of remember, but some, but something that somebody told me, so I'll be able to kind of have that as a, as a point to, Gen- not, not to just be a conversation story, but I want to genuinely care about other people and what they've got going on. 100%, 100%. If you don't know, it's hard to support in whichever way and capacity we'd like to. Shifting gears in, in a major way, one of the things, you, you started our conversation off with something actually I want to come back to, and that is that is baseball. Because I know you mentioned you're a fan. I, I know you are a, a, a true fan. I've seen your collection, the, the memorabilia, <laughs> all the stuff you've got your wall. Yeah. One of the things I've always been curious about, Kip, do you have one one item that you get the most pride and energy from? Is there something in that collection that you just look at and go, wow, this is like my favorite part? Oh, man. Sean, you're like asking me to choose my favorite child or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe explain uh, to you what what is the collection. Maybe that's an easier way to start. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been a kind of a sports memorabilia person, but not going back uh, a huge amount. So when I'm when I'm at home, I, I have space in my basement that um, I have a larger than average amount of bobbleheads uh, that I that have accumulated either I from me or from family that have gone to uh, uh, gone to games mostly. Cardinals games and to some of the getting giveaways from the, the local minor league team, but I've been a, a big sports fan in general. So I've got basketball figures in addition to baseball figures, a few hockey, football, and so it's just kind of a fun eclectic group of things that connect me a little bit back to parts of my childhood, but also to where I, who I am and, wh- and what I am now. I've been to twenty two of the thirty major league teams and I don't know, 40 or so minor league, uh, baseball parks and I get a bat and a ball. And so it's awesome. Just, I have them on display in my basement. So it's always kind of a walk down memory lane when I'm, when I'm able to do that. As I think about it, uh, while I'm talking and, and probably two things, uh, for me that I would say are, are my favorites are one, I was a huge Ken Griffey junior fan and, uh, I guess junior high, high school, and so I have got so much of his stuff. And so that always kind of brings back fun and fond memories um, for me of, of following him, especially since my older brother was a Frank Thomas fan. And it was kind of like a little rivalry back and forth between Griffey and Thomas uh, there in the 
early to mid early to mid nineties. Some of my earliest recollections of of sports and being excited about some sports are from the Phoenix Suns. I, I still don't know how I became a Phoenix Suns fan, but I got a start a starting lineup of Tom Chambers, who is my favorite player uh, of all time from like the nineteen eighties and early nineties Phoenix Suns, and, and I vividly remember back when they had newspapers and back when newspapers had box scores in them. Oh yeah. I would eagerly await looking at the box score for the Phoenix Suns game to see how uh, my team performed. Cause I, it's like, you know, sports center wasn't exactly a thing. And you, I mean, rarely there might be like a Friday night game. I would stay up until, you know, for a nine o'clock start. If the Suns might be on, I don't even know what carried the NBA teams back then. You know, it's so funny. I, so for me, I'm a big basketball fan. I love the Timberwolves. So that experience you just described of flipping open the box score, I would do that. I would bring the sports section. I would take it from my parents. and I'd bring it to places with my friends and we would open it up together and like, look at all the stats of three-pointers made, turnovers, yeah. all the things trying to dissect the game. You know, Now you think about it, of course, you have different clips. You have different things you watch online. But to me, like that was so quintessential sports. Sports is something that brings people together. And as a fan, it's fun to be there with my friends and like look at the box score, like have this moment together. And that's something that I don't replicate at all today. It's just something that I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll check a box score, I'll watch a highlight clip. But it's something I do by myself, not necessarily something with a community. That's a great point because it's it's you're not coming around the digital device as much, and it's uh, everybody can get it now, whereas you ne- didn't necessarily necessarily. Uh, have that but i i do i do miss those <laughs> i like you said I, I still check the box tour i'll still i'll still look at those things um but there also weren't all the advanced metrics back then it was just you know whatever the, a few columns of things that were uh comprehensible to me as a teenager and it's way more impressive that you were a Suns fan before charles barkley <laughs> it was a big deal that's way more impressive <laughs> and i i you know i can legitimately point to my Kevin Johnson poster and my, you know, my Tom Chambers. I, um, I was just looking through some, so I've got a, a bunch of stuff in uh, totes and my, fortunately we have space to store them. Um, and uh, I was going through some pennants that I was a huge, my family were huge pennant gatherers. And so uh, it was fun looking back at the real old Phoenix Suns logos that I had, had pennants for. So one of my, I guess one of wellness things, uh, a goal for me over uh, kind of, I guess I'll call it Christmas break or when I maybe have a, when I think I might have a little more time then is, is to uh, start putting up some of my old pennants uh, as well to, again, kind of reflect upon those and think about those things. And it also makes for a nice conversation starter when I've got people over. I love the other call that you made a moment ago there too, where it kind of reminds you of your childhood, right? So for me, I, I don't have a, a huge collection. One of the things we do have is we've got the Kevin Garnett rookie card. Oh yeah, where he's like real. He's real skinny. You know, the kid they used to call him that, and and seeing that brings me back to like watching games on TV with my dad and just different things like that, which are which are kind of fun memories. And so if I can if I can encapsulate that in that card and see that on display somewhere on my bookshelf, that it's a cool moment and it's a, a moment that can happen any day or any time I want to. It's, it's fun to have those memories kind of almost on call like that. Yeah, for sure. In fact, my dad um, texted me yesterday to want to make sure that I knew about the Sunny Gray 
uh, acquisition that the <laughs> that the Cardinals. But he he almost beat my uh, on phone notifications <laughs> that I received about it. He may have inside intel from the team directly. That's yeah, what it sounds yeah, like. Could, could be, could be. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Well, well, Kip, this is awesome, man. We've covered a ton of ground. I've got three last questions for you. All right. The first one: What does wellness mean to you? Complicated? No, it's a. Uh, I, I think it's um, it's a little bit defined individually, but I really think it's an all-encompassing picture that's all intertwined. And I've been part of some wellness discussions and, and groups that have been kind of working on this a little bit at OSF. But there's financial wellness. There's the the, the spiritual, the mental, the, the physical. And I feel like if some of those go a little bit out of balance, it's going to impact the other things. Like the rubber band is going to be moving around. If I don't have financial wellness and worried about car repairs or things that are going on, I'm probably not going to be sleeping right or eating right or or be in the right the right frame of mind or if I'm having issues from the mental or behavioral health side I've got a lot of anxiety um I'm probably not eating right from that standpoint as well I'm probably not performing as well as I should on the job and that might it impact my financial well-being and so it, to me it means I guess harmony is a way that I would try to sum it up is there's a lot to try to to balance and and keep together. And then I guess given that, what's one tip you would give our listeners as to how to build or maintain that harmony? For me, it it's it's really about the network. I think that helps with that because if you have if you don't have different family, friends, etc that you can go to and with a level of transparency and know that you're not going to be judged and people are genuinely going to help you. Like, I think for me, that's been, that's been the, the biggest part is those connections where I'm feeling stressed about something, but the minute I kind of tell my wife or my brother-in-law or have a conversation, then it just, one, it feels good to verbalize what I'm feeling. Uh, and then two, even if even if they don't have a, a solution, at least I feel better about telling them. And I know that they're they're thinking about me, or they're praying for me, or they're doing something that um, they, they they love me, and they they want you know they they want to to help out. So I think the tip is it's really about your network and and being able to have those trusted group that you can uh, work things through with. I think that is such a good parallel, yeah, both in, in wellness and in, in career and in life, right? You know, sometimes I think it's easy to feel like we have to be on and share you know, the sunshine and the rainbows, but anybody who's been there or, or is doing it knows that there's rain clouds and storms that happen. That's life. And so being able to, to share kind of that whole story, one of the big moments for me in my life uh, years back with our, our actually was our monthly updates, you know, I, I was... Uh, you know, unsure about how much to share, am I oversharing? But then I realized if I don't actually ask for help, what are the odds someone actually helps me? Right. Very low, right? Not not going to work. And so at that moment, I said, okay, people need to know not just the good, but also the bad and the ugly. And and then 
you actually open the door for people who can help you. I, I love that call out specifically for the wellness side of bringing that trusted group in telling them what's going on and, and getting their advice and feedback. I guess I reflect on it a little bit, especially if you, you know, look, thinking about the, how everything interplays, it's, you're probably going to need help to keep those, uh, keep those things in balance. And, and, and it might be that the advice that you get or somebody tells you, you need some professional guidance. That's a appropriate avenue as well. Well, last question, Kip. Where can people follow you to learn more? The best place to follow me would be uh, LinkedIn. And it's just uh, Kip McCoy, uh, linkedin.com slash Kip McCoy. You'd be able to find me easily there. Kip, thanks so much for taking the time on the podcast. This was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sean. I really enjoyed it and enjoyed catching up. Thanks for tuning in to the Better You Podcast. If you're interested in continuing your journey to improve health and wellness, learn more at betteryou.ai.